you know, I think when people hear daily game site, they think of Wordle, they think of sites like that. But I think you've taken that another step, right? Am I right that for you, daily game is you're launching a new game every day? Actually, four. Four a day. Welcome to the Hey Good Game podcast, where we chat with the creators of your favorite games that you secretly play in the cracks of your day. So we just got done interviewing Eric and Travis of Lil Snack. Aaron, what did you take away from that interview? You know, I think most of the interviews we've done so far to date with uh, game developers or creators who either aren't monetizing or those who are monetizing have taken more of a bootstrap path. Eric and Travis, it sounds like they initially intended to bootstrap, did decide to raise money along the way. It was cool to hear just some of the why on that. But along with that, I think there's this theme of, and, and I feel like I'm hearing this not just in gaming right now, but all over of people that maybe have gone for the, the really big company or the moonshot idea or whatever. And on their next venture, it's all about, I want a smaller team and let's just have a very focused effort and be excellent at what we're doing. And I think between AI, which they talk about and, and just some of those things, I think there's a lot of opportunity now to do a lot more with a little. So I think hearing both of those things was just super interesting to me. How about you, Nate? Yeah, I think that the speed to market in terms of how quickly they're pushing games out, and they made it a clear distinction to say that they're not an AI-based company, but they are using AI to really make themselves more productive with less of a team, a smaller team, as you said. But believe they've been live for 164, 65 days, and they have published 165 games, uh, new games every single day, which just shows you that creating games is, is a really interesting thing when you're dealing with pop culture and things that are top of mind. So yeah, I think it was a great interview. We chatted a lot about keeping things nimble. So let's get to the pod. I'm Nate Cadillac, and I'm here with my co-host Aaron Cardell. And today we're excited to speak with Eric Berman and Travis Chen of Lil Snack. Eric and Travis are co-founders of Lil Snack, who both have a rich history in games and media. Between the two of them, they've spent significant time at places like Hulu, Crunchyroll, Snap, Dapper Labs, Bad Robot, Activision, and I could go on and on and on. Littlesnack.co is a daily game website where you can play puzzles, brain teasers that are based really on pop culture and trends such as known celebrities, athletes, holidays, all of that stuff. I believe you can also earn unique collectibles every month and win prizes. We'll get into this and more, but Eric and Travis, we're thrilled that you're here. Thanks for having us. So we usually kick this off with the first question, and that is, what is your favorite game to play? I think recently, 2023, I've really loved Dave the Diver, which I think a lot of other people have too, but it's just such a great vibe in this kind of cozy adjacent genre diving for fish, using those fish in your sushi restaurant. It's also hilarious and super aesthetically interesting with this 3D pixel art combination. Bigger picture, I've played a lot of Satisfactory, which is a factory building game. I find that very therapeutic. Game expert between the two of us. 
it's interesting. We'll, we'll share more on a little snack, but I used to be a massive gamer, but as life has unfolded, kind of has hit me. Continuing to play all the daily games, which has been a big inspiration for us, which we'll, we'll talk about. Big Settler Catan player as well. And still playing the game of basketball in person. This body has a little bit more, like a couple more years in it, but that would be my favorite game. I've sprained so many ankles. That I, <laughs> Don't jinx it. Don't jinx I'm it. afraid of the court at, at times. <laughs> I've never actually played a Daily Diver. Is that web-based or is that mobile? Dave the Diver. Dave is the Diver. And it was a, I would say, indie game Steam release that came out last year. And critically you know, rave reviews. And I think he was even nominated for game of the year next to Zelda. Really cool story. Actually. I think it's very small team, like maybe sub 10 people, maybe even less than that. But yeah, to have a game like that, which looks like a kind of retro pixel art game, similar Stardew Valley up against 300 person team games. And at this end, the same kind of pedestal is, is pretty cool. Well, I'm really curious, just to kind of go back, how did you both meet? About four years ago now, founded a company called OK Play alongside a couple other really great folks that focused on kids entertainment and particularly like bringing kids entertainment paired with social emotional growth for children. And so this was like right pre-pandemic and we brought Eric aboard as our COO and we're in the trenches building that startup for three, three years, two, two and a half, three years. And that's how we, we first met. Yeah. Travis was one of my intense interviews because I had worked in the anime space for a long time. And Travis is an expert on all categories, all content. It's like ridiculous. Whenever you spend time with them, it's like, wait, you're into what? Oh, you know about fishing and baseball it like it's crazy and he had a deep dive in anime i was there for seven years we kind of jammed on that and i think he was assessing out my anime uh <laughs> my anime background but it was awesome like our time at okay play was really special you know we both have two kids so they're both young kids we were building a product that we cared deeply about building for kids is different like the extra thought and care you have to put into it the trust and safety that you have to kind of like build with the community is very difficult. It changed us. I mean, it changed how I think about any product we ever have, we ever make. And we, we really connected through that experience. Also going through a startup amidst COVID was pretty wild. And we were able to kind of like build relationships and stay connected and figure out how to do that as a team. So going through an experience like that, coupled with we Dapper Labs acquired that company and brought us in to effectively lead their mobile efforts. And Travis and I then, worked together. We ended up in different orgs and then eventually came together working on the leading the efforts around their biggest products, NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day, and the newly released Disney Pinnacle product they just put out. And we built amidst a pretty crazy uh, crypto winter there and weathered a, a wild storm. And, you know, he still wants to work with me. I still want to spend time with him. So it's a pretty good sign. But a lot of those learnings together are guiding us on a lot of the kind of the ethos, principles, and cultural elements of, you know, as we start little snack here together. So it sounds like, okay, play, is that still alive and kicking or? No, when, when we, again, especially when you're building a product for kids, you know, we had a million kids playing our game, 
you know, which Travis created the vast majority of the creative play and experience with a really awesome team, with an incredible team at this company. But no, you can't do that part-time. You can't build a product for kids part-time. You can't put that on, just let it run. So as we moved over to Dapper to focus on other efforts, we recognized that. We're like, you can never go, you know, it has to be 110% when you build a product for kids. So we did, unfortunately, have to shut it down. But even today, it was social emotional learning. And my daughter, I see things come from her today and how she can talk about her feelings and emotions from building that product. And it still is like holds a pretty, pretty special place in my heart. So I, I'm sure we'll find a tie in here to Lil Snack. I'm curious. So Lil Snack came about while you both were at Dapper Labs. Is that right? Or for legal reasons outside of Dapper and after <laughs> Dapper Labs? <laughs> <laughs> Travis always is, is making games and fun experiences. And it was what he's so special with culture from that standpoint is he uses that as a tool to bring teams together. So always recognize that. But at the tail end of our time at Dapper, we had recognized that we wanted to work together and go build something. We loved that experience of building from zero. You know, each of our careers have effectively taken us into roles with teams that are smaller, companies that are smaller, with giving us you know, more control, allowing us to move quicker. So the thought for us of like a two-person team, you know, Travis is ridiculous. He's like savant designer, game designer, full stack engineer, consumer product visionary. I pride myself on being a generalist on all things on the business side. So together we felt, you know, starting there that we we're going to be really great compliments to one another. And then one morning I woke up after we were kind of doing this, you know, for a week or two, just grabbing beers, ideating, and Travis just sent me a game. No context. I think it was like, what is this? It was a picture of a dragon on top of a mountain eating pizza. <laughs> I was like, what the? I actually, what the is the name of that game now? But immediately I kind of saw where his wheels were spinning. I was like, oh, is this it? Is this what, what we're building? And Travis started making a couple more of them. And I started sharing it with friends, kind of like maybe a little. I don't know if Travis thought it was ready. And I was like, nah, come on, looks great. Let's get it out there. So we pretty much just started sharing it with folks and we started getting great feedback, strong reaction. People are asking for more. Travis was able to make more of them. And we just pretty much have been moving as quick as we possibly can to get the product better every single day since that moment. Maybe skipping ahead a little bit then. So you're working on this idea. You're meeting over beers. Travis, the savant, is coming up with games on the side, starting to develop a picture of where things are going. I think one of the curiosities to me is you suggested you're kind of gravitating towards smaller and smaller teams. And I think that's something that really resonates with me too. I think there's, I've just increasingly seen how really small teams can accomplish a lot. And I think that's a lot of what Nate and I are, are really trying to accomplish it. Hey, good game. But I'm curious, as you think about, was there ever a thought that, hey, we might bootstrap this? Or did you know immediately like, yeah, no, we need to raise money for this. Yeah, maybe to talk a little bit about like the tendency to, to lean towards small and, and why. Well, first, I want to go on the record and say I'm not a savant, guys. <laughs> second, <laughs> second, you know, one of the things I think throughout my career is as soon as players get their hands on something, it totally things change and the race begins, right? And so one of the things that OK Play, for example, is we had 
kind of a long period of time, not super long, but to launch, right? To get to that moment where I can now put it in people's hands truly and get a feel for the product and get a feel for, are people getting it? Are they getting it in the way I thought they would get it? And then at some point, the power dynamic changes and it's their product now, right? They're the ones calling the shots. They're sort of the ones defining what this product wants to be because it's what they want. And that process is amazing. Like getting into that mode where it's the consumer's product is so important. And for this, and we might have overcorrected here a little bit, but it's just get to that moment. So why wait? Why wait a year and a half, two years for launch to get to that moment to then change everything and make it their product? Let's just give it to them now. And so like the spirit of sort of moving fast, even knowing what we're putting out there is not perfect. It's to try to get things into consumers' hands as soon as possible. And by being small, it allows us to do that really efficiently. And we've sort of been on this mantra with Little Snack, which is just every week it gets better. Like, and in every week, if it's getting better, imagine what it's going to be four weeks from now. Imagine what it's going to be 52 weeks from now. It's just kind of been on that train. All right, everyone, quick break. Attention game creators, have you ever thought about selling your game? At Hey Good Game, we're looking to acquire and steward some of the most popular and beloved games on the internet. Even if you're just curious, we offer a fast process to getting you an offer. Just provide some basic analytics and revenue details, and we'll quickly get back to you. If you move forward with us, we usually close within 14 days. Visit hey.gg and see how we can take your game to the next level together. And now, back to the show. Eric, do you want to speak to the investment piece? I couldn't double down enough on just like quick, being quick to consumers and not being precious. Travis and I just moved so quick with it. Like we're just not overthinking. Most of our slacks is like question, question, should we do this? It's like YOLO, yeah, go launch it. Just put it out there and be okay collecting feedback and knowing that it may not be perfect in the feedback. If we don't like the feedback, let's make the change. Right now, any consumer, my phone is constantly text messages from consumers telling me what they feel or think about the, the product. And the number one, I can tell more messages are in our feedback Slack channel than any other Slack channel we have. That is where most conversations are happening because that's really all that matters. Like we're not building this for ourselves, we're building this that for folks to really enjoy and play. So yeah, from the very get this like, that's actually where Travis and I met. I joined OK Play to launch the product. That was my major ask. And we did that and we launched it really quickly. And the next day we're like, we got to change a lot about this product that has been built for you know a year and a half or more. Yeah, on the investment piece, we have one of the number one investors ever in technology in A16Z games. I mean, Andreessen Horowitz is a legend, if not the legend in all of tech. So to have an opportunity to work with those folks in the capacity we are with the amount of support and resources and guidance that they're providing to us is pretty unmatched. We also joined this program. So initially, no, we had no intent on raising money. We were just gonna start building. It's a new games program that they have, and there's 36, there are 4,000 applicants to this program. They selected uh, globally. They selected 36, of which we are one of those teams. So we are also surrounded by 36 like-minded founders building games at this moment in time, which is a pretty complicated moment with the state of economy, venture, game studios and entertainment that are, you know, letting go of folks in droves. So for us, like the simplicity of joining 
A16Z with one check. We have one investor. It's Andreessen Horowitz. That is it. To get into this program and put a forcing function on us to move quicker and build relentlessly with a bunch of other founders was pretty hard to say no to. And I'll note this program, we're in it now and it culminates at GDC. So Travis and I will be on stage in front of a couple hundred of the biggest tech execs and game execs and VCs at GDC on a Monday, presenting a little snack on March 18th. So moving pretty quick to get to that moment. Right on. Nate and I are going to GDC. What's the uh, name of the session on Monday that that'll be at? I think what you should be asking me, Aaron, is how do you get into the Andreessen Horwitz party on Monday night? <laughs> <Okay>. I think <laughs> no, <after>. but <laughs> we uh, and we can talk about that. A16Z Games is owning all of Monday at GDC, so it's like an entire day of demos and whatnot, and they're setting a special stage up and area for all of that. Sounds like fun, and that sounds like a compelling reason to raise money. So, congrats on getting connected there. Maybe that was a long-term connection, but definitely see the value in that. I'll uh, I'll pause on my Ben Horowitz fandom for this okay. podcast. But. <laughs> yeah, pretty special, right? The last thing to note, which was like, how do we get there, is the games were live. We have Josh Liu is our lead, and he's fantastic. We couldn't have a better lead at this point of what, what we're building. He led work product for Words with Friends for years amongst every other gaming company you could imagine, you know, Riot, Facebook, et cetera. But the product was live when we met with them. We had turned the product live. It got to them because the product was live and I'd shared it with a couple of friends who then shared it with them and then wanted to meet with us. So there's just constant value of getting out of your own head and just putting something out there and being okay with that and building out in the open. And we just keep seeing that value come back to us every single day. So back to the topic of moving fast, I just want to make sure that the listeners understand this and, and I'm not misunderstanding. You know, I think when people hear daily game site, they think of Wordle, they think of sites like that. But I think you've taken that another step, right? Am I right that for you, daily game is you're launching a new game every day? Actually, four. Four a day. Yeah. You know, I think our early theses for Little Snack was we saw such great energy with these daily ephemeral games that were happening across the web, across different formats. And so, like, there'd be a format for this one, and that'd be a website. There'd be a format, that's a website. Format, that's a website. What we didn't see was a kind of collective place where I could play with a lot of different types of daily formats, and that those formats were programmed any day in a very thoughtful way. For like lack of a better word, it's like, what's the Steam for Wordles? What's the App Store for Wordles? And there are things out there, of course, like New York Times games we love, but we saw there was a pretty interesting opportunity there. So Little Snack is the collection of those formats effectively and not literally those formats but we have a bunch of novel formats right now i think we have eight different game formats and we're adding a new format every month so every month you're getting a new type of way to play and then every single day we program content against those different formats and so some days you might get four different formats the other day you might get another four different formats the other kind of big DC here is that we also saw an opportunity to be like highly thematic with our content where the wordle might just be 
a word for the day. We think about the day as how do we program, how do we tell a story for this day? For example, what happened last night, the Grammys, we are running the Grammys today based off the winners of last night's Grammys. So last night we had a kind of wait. We've had the games somewhat ready, but not fully ready because we had a thesis of who was going to win. I was wrong on a certain category, so I had to change things. But what's important is today I just woke up and I watched the Grammys last night. Now I'm playing four games related to the Grammys. And not even just that, like we had the day before that, was Grammy nominees. So you're getting a little like lead up into the Grammys. The day before that was Carl Weathers because Carl Weathers passed away and we did a four suite of puzzles. We audibled on that day and had, as soon as we heard, we had four puzzles ready to go for the next day for Carl Weathers. And so having this like super plugged into culture games, utilizing those formats. And then also it's not just one format. There's a bunch of varieties of formats we think is like a pretty interesting special sauce here. The other like last thing I'll add is we saw such like a big opportunity, which leaning into meta behaviors that we see in other kind of more traditional games in the casual space and the free to play mobile space, which I came from that weren't being fully leveraged for these daily ephemeral type games, the things like Wordle or Immaculate Grid and whatever. So things like event-based play, things like leaderboards, things like collectability, profile customization, group play. These are things that like, not novel, like they're sort of expected, I would say for a lot of games, but the daily ephemeral genre, for the most part, felt like it was missing. Now, there are absolutely exceptions here, but we think um, we also had the opportunity to bring this meta play into Little Snack, and we have that. So every month we run an event, we have a leaderboard climb for that event. There's collectibles related to that event, so you have to collect them all to like win the event at the end of the, the end of the month. At the end of the month, if you've collected all of your collectibles, you get a, a special profile picture frame that you'll never get again unless you participated in that event. So some of that meta play we also think is going to be important for the long-term health and engagement for the users. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I think you see some of these games get built and they're built over as a part-time thing over the course of months or, or a year. When did Lil Game or Lil Snack start? When did you kind of form and how long ago was this? 164 days and we've run 164 days of games <laughs> since that moment. So yeah, I mean, we turned the games live. We started operating the product before we incorporated, before we raised money, before barely before we had a, I guess we had the, the site. We did go with little snack. I mean, the name Travis and I decided on like a 24 hour like time period. One hour conversation. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. what we, tell like me about name, that. Was, name and the logo. Where did the name come from? I'm a branding guy, so I, I love this stuff. I think Eric likes snack a lot as just a word. <laughs> yeah. And I like snack too because of the like bite-sized nature of it, but it felt basic. And then I started going down this, I love the idea. I, I just got stuck in my head. I love the idea of calling our users, prefixing it with little when you create a username like you were getting a rap name. I just thought that was hilarious. And that's basically it. That was like... The amount of thought that went into that name, I think it actually turned out okay. But it's the kind of thing too that's like build the product, the name will kind of follow because the product just absorbs it, right? And so I think there's another thing that like we probably could have spent months on with a branding agency, but like 
will that get us any insight to like, is this product working with players and are they having fun? Probably not in the short term. So let's just YOLO go with it. I think in the case of Liz, I like the name a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, live since, again, going back to this idea that like the first day was one game and it was a bad game. I was just like, be full frank. And like, you know, I shared with my wife and she's like, this is lame. Like, this is like, cool. That's our starting point. And then let's just like keep raising that bar. And we've been trying to just keep doing that ever since. And But even just that pressure test of putting out something that's not good gets you into that mode of being honest, right? And not drinking your own Kool-Aid and listening to other people's feedback and, and just, and then being able to start on that journey of iterating and again, handing it over to them. And I think we've sort of made that transition now. We have a pretty active user base that we can listen to and evolve and always improve these games. Um, so it's been a great, albeit short journey. It feels like so much longer. <laughs> One question about the, the Grammy game. So you had mentioned you were waiting for the winners. You essentially built this game since last night. <laughs> it launched this morning. We're in this like state of AI, right? And LLMs and like how they play a role. Are you using artificial intelligence? How are you using it? If you are, I'm curious about like your team size. Like it's, it's just two of you, right? So you're launching four games a day. Love to hear more about kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I could probably talk about how it's made. So our team size is, is us two primarily and has been for the, the whole time until very recently. We did bring on a person to help contract with content development, so help make the games and also some of our working with marketers and influencer type things. But yeah, it's effectively been us two and, and a little bit. Me, I kind of cover the eng side product game design and then eric is all things marketing user acquisition partnerships sort of we complement each other really well because none of our skills like super overlap except for product experience which is like the most important way it overlaps and so we can like everything you know we have our superpowers there's not those overlaps and so we can go out and just be very effective on our own on the how it's built front so there's a couple pieces on the AI front. First is just the development of the games and the site. Just an any engineer probably that's been working the last year kind of knows this, how effective AI is in being sort of a code co-pilot with you. You know, we used to just think early in my eng career, pair programming. It feels like you have a pair programmer with you all the time. So some of the things that I've like, as an engineer, I've always been like a very user experience, sort of the highest level in the stack, closest to the user type engineer. And so for the longest time, I'm like, oh, and that means I never go into the back end. That's somebody else's job, not my job. A big context switch has happened with me over the last year. Some of it is like literal in that the AI is helping write backend code now. Some of it is not literal. Some of it is just more like, oh, I've always had it in me and this is going to kind of thing that's helped me bring it out and that, no, maybe I don't need a backend hire because this AI is kind of code piloting me along and I have the skills to be able to kind of deliver something as a final product. So that's kind of on the development side. On the content side, we kind of see AI as... A lot of the like brute force 
middle part of the equation. So on one side, you have like the muse. So like, that's the idea. We have not had success with AI coming up with great ideas for puzzles um, or games. On the other side is editing. 100% there needs to be someone at the tail end to like actually review is it a fun puzzle, for example? Is it a fun trivia question? A lot of times, if you're giving anything to the AI, it's not. We do use AI a little bit in the middle part, which is like to do research. We have custom GPTs for each of our game types where we can kind of send it off on little research mission quests to go like, hey, I have this idea for a puzzle. It is ranking rom-com movies based on Rotten Tomato scores. Can you give me like, 20 popular rom-com movies and then what i do is then i'll like kind of whittle that list down one of the things it also does that's like super helpful is like we ultimately deliver like a kind of convoluted json format that like as a human it's kind of annoying to create i can give the ai the exact puzzle i want and it can make the format correctly that's just another middle part that it does really well but yeah, ultimately, all of our games, like while we kind of use pieces of AI here and there, they're very, very human touched. And one of our games is interesting because it seems like the most AI forward, which is a, a picture guessing game called What The, where we do these kind of rebus picture puzzles. That one's actually the one that requires the most human touch because of how complicated it is to get an image from image generation that really matches the pun or the joke that you're trying to get out so we do quite a bit of back and forth and also quite a bit of photoshopping once we have something that's sort of in the zone of what we want to really land whatever the pun or joke or puzzle is so yeah again i don't think we could have the company we have today with two people making this entire product without it but I would also say we're not an AI company at all. We don't deem ourselves that. So we're very much empowered by it. Like I think a lot of young startups are right now. But yeah, so we're, we're kind of in that middle zone. Yeah. So I, I think the formula that you've adopted with the, uh, you know, the bookends, as you call it, and the editorializing and the kind of muse makes sense. I, uh, I'm not a big pop culture guy, but I won today's stacked and kind of saw some of the choices he made there. So curious, uh, with yesterday's Grammys, do you think Jay-Z was taking a shot at uh, Harry Styles? or Wait, That's a no comment from Travis here. <laughs> Big no comment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We don't mess with anything Beyonce or Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. we, we, we know the, the, the wrath that could bring from the Bs and the Swifties. Well, no, I think it's uh, really well thought out. Okie dokie, a quick break. Are you a fan of games that challenge your mind and sharpen your skills? Dive into the world of Hey Good Game, where brainy fun meets creativity. Check out Mathler. You can think of it as Wordle, but with numbers. Solve daily puzzly games using math operations to find the correct answer. Then, explore Simplete, a math game designed with the help of ChatGPT. This game borrows concepts from Hattori, offering a unique challenge for puzzle enthusiasts. You can find those games and others at hey.gg. And now, back to the show. In looking at some of the different days, you've got different game types. And it seems like you've got some go-tos that you keep going back to. Does it feel like, for now, like having four games always is the right format? And 
do you typically like how often would you bring in a new game type altogether? Yeah, we've been optimizing for being a little snack, being, you know, five to 10 minutes of something you do every single day. That's kind of what we're trying to deliver in terms of the value prop is everyone has a lot of distraction, things to do on their phone or could be whatever it might be. So, you know, we're not trying to monopolize that time. We're just trying to do something really special for you. Just give you that like that little dose of fun. So four has been working pretty well. We're typically seeing six to eight minutes on average of playtime from every single user every day. Some folks take a break and don't know the answers and come back. I don't know what they're doing between that break, but you know, they want to think about it and come back and, and play the games later. We have added the library so you can go play past days, the past week of games we've included in there. We'll probably continue to tinker and toy with that. We're listening to user feedback. Users want to get points on past day games. Users want to get access to more. Great to hear if we have a product that people want more of and we actually have kind of the library and ability to scale that production to provide more content if it's needed. But like the ephemeral nature of what we're doing is kind of what we think makes it special. That is something new and different every day. I think the last, I was in streaming video for the vast majority of my career and we watched the value of packaging up every single show and movie into these different destinations where you can watch all of it. I'm not sure library value has ever been the reason any of those services succeeded. It was from delivering new. One of kind of the biggest learnings from streaming video. So for us to always have something new and different is pretty special. Coupled with like, again, all kind of like two Travis's horns because he'll never do it for him, but he's come up with seven different formats in the matter of a couple months, all of which are really unique and different. And we're going to keep building those out to the point. And I want to be really clear, especially as, as we are joining this podcast with you all today is we are working with other folks that are now playing our games, approaching us to bring their concepts and their ideas to Little Snack. Juliana Trigali-Golden makes puzzles for Vox and uh, New York Times, and she reached out with an awesome idea. Travis concepted with her for a matter of days, and boom, we turned that live. That's called Swap. Tanner Greenring, he led quizzes at BuzzFeed for a decade. Got in touch with him. He was playing the games. He's like, I have an idea. Put some wireframes together. Got that to Travis. We launched that. February 1st, that's called Putt-Putt Problems, our newest game. So we're super excited about that too, like with Travis's ability to engineer and build these games and have other great game designers come our way with concepts that we can put onto this platform. Again, like we do believe that is the long-term future here where we can be that place for really awesome daily game creators, game designers that have cool concepts, that have a place to put their game, not on a discrete website that can kind of enjoy the benefit of being around all these other games, can enjoy the benefit of all the meta experiences between leaderboards and collecting and streaks. And when I meet with consumers now, they say they are playing Wordle and Nerdle and Framed and Waffle. And for every single time, they're opening up a different browser, a different destination, a different account. And we just feel that the consolidation of that could be really, really beneficial for consumers. In addition to developers, I'm benefiting from awesome games being to the right or left of them that helps with retention and growth and user acquisition. And a lot of the things that we've seen in past industries and businesses that have happened with music and TV and just haven't happened with puzzles yet. So, you know, that's, that's like a really big area of focus. So any awesome game designer that is out there with a cool concept that if you like little snack, please reach out. We would love to work with you and, and build. That's really cool. So it sounds like you're really open to collaborations. Do you plan to keep building yourself games every day? Is that part of the, the plan? 
where is little snack going? I do. I do think we will continue to make our games for the foreseeable future and continue to iterate there. But if there was a time in the future where we're not, and we can kind of focus on building that platform for others to come and do that alongside, or yeah, potentially instead of us, like awesome. If that's what consumers want, if consumers love those games, that's really all we're trying to do is bring really awesome daily games to consumers. So there's a myriad of ways to do that. But from learning and iterating, getting the feedback and having all the information and play performance and win percentages and time spent and when they're playing, what like all of that we're using to optimize to, again, make the games better every single day and come up with new concepts minimally on a, on a monthly basis for new formats. I'll also just add that that's one of the also beauties of being live and also very agile and fast and small is the answer is, yeah, we're, we're likely building for ourselves for quite some time, but we're, we're very open to all of the forks in the road and changes and ebbs and flows that I think this product could take. So we're, we're looking for any of those signals. We're looking for signals with partnerships. We're looking for signals with our players that might evolve this business and evolve the product. And so, yeah, we're just open to all those kind of changes. And again, week over week, just trying to make it better and, and go on that journey. I'm curious, the makeup of your team right now, you know, I, I know you've got a desire to keep this pretty small, but what's the makeup of the team look like right now? What what roles, size of the team, and where do you see that headed? It is, so Travis handling all product, myself handling all partnerships, you know, growth, uh, analytics, et cetera. We have a producer on the team, John. John is right out of college, and he has started utilizing Travis's system to make games. We'll have another individual, you know, Tanner's from BuzzFeed has been working with us and has a lot of really big ideas and kind of learnings from his experience at BuzzFeed. He wants to apply. So he's also joining us to contract from time to time and build out the content pipeline. In addition to that, we'll probably have one other engineer. We're in talks to kind of put the games in a lot of other places in addition to our site. And with that comes what, you know, various integrations and tie-ins on, you know, payments, authentication, reporting, analytics, backend, et cetera, that we want to make sure that's really, really tight. Beyond that, we do not have intentions to grow the team much further. We, we would really prefer to keep it tight and nimble and light to allow us to keep moving and building quick and not overthinking, not having to have multiple meetings for decisions. Like we have meetings on an as needed basis. I think we have one recurring meeting for our entire company and it's just to talk about, make sure we're locked for the week of content. That's it. Everything else is just go, do it, make it, don't overthink it. If it's not good, we'll hear about it and we'll pull it back and we'll make it better. But those is something that I think is really brought Travis and I together and we really want to hold on to for as long as we possibly can. If the product becomes, takes off and we need a massive team to support it, because that's what we need to do to make sure the consumer experience is great, of course we'll do that, but it's not our intent at all. We want to keep being nimble. Absolutely love that for you guys. Like that is awesome. fantastic and sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. It doesn't mean that like, when it's like, who's gonna write that social post right now? 
<laughs> it's not one of us or it's like oh shit the monday email needs to go out and i just put my kids to bed and i'm tired and but like we got to do it but like that's also what travis and i have signed up for together which is like we will roll up our sleeves there's nothing too big too small i'll go to starbucks and randomly start doing play testing with people just to get more feedback on something new if we have to do that like we don't care about having egos around any of the things that need to get done as long as those things are going to make the product better again, every single day. But it sounds nice, but it doesn't mean it's not coming with a lot of like energy and effort across doing a thousand things at once. And maybe just to use the moment, because Eric did mention this, you know, as a little plug, we haven't got it fully together, but we likely will be posting one job pretty soon, which is that engineer we were talking about. We're effectively our first engineering hire outside myself. That would be someone that's full stack web, Next.js is kind of React where we're looking. But like, I think more importantly, like that's excited about this space, excited about play, excited about interactivity in web. Yeah, we're looking for like a good fit. So if there's anybody out there that might fit that bill, um, please, please let us know. I'm also just personally excited for that individual to review Travis's code. I can't wait to hear about the entire thing. It'll be a great day for me. I can't wait. <laughs> But you said he's a Safan. <laughs> yeah. He is. He is. Let's write test. Uh, code will tell otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. There's, it seems like you're a web-based game. I like the design because it is tailored to fit on a phone. And I'm, I'm kind of a fan. If you look at our site, hey.gg, it's, it's a pretty slim format. Just, I love the tiny aesthetic. So you don't have a mobile app at the moment. Is that right? Is that, I'm curious with your rich history in gaming and everything else like what was the decision behind maybe not starting with a mobile app if you don't have one maybe a little bit about that so first of all i just also wanted to compliment your site it's beautiful and i love the aesthetic there and also the url what a what a grab that's awesome yeah so we sort of intentionally focused on web and the big reason why is we wanted the friction for you to get it and start playing as easy as a text message from a friend. It's like, hey, did you watch the Grammys today? Play these four games. Boom, within seconds, you're playing the Miley Cyrus puzzle for today. And that just can't be delivered on, on mobile. Not as much because like the download takes time, it's because nobody will go download your app because you texted them. But somebody will click a link and play a fun game that you just played. So we see web as a really interesting like front door to this experience that we think is really important in this, again, this like quick play type zone that we are living in. We, we do have thoughts on mobile application We've built our whole careers on mobile and there's clear advantages, push notifications, all that. But we think that like we need to get this front porch or front door as inviting and as welcoming as possible first and foremost. And with that, the kind of benefits of mobile native app as in the future could come. Yeah. Also to highlight same theme, I know it sounds like a broken record, but we can just be so quick on web. We have no submission cycle. Like we did hear feedback from a Swifty that we had kind of alluded to her relationship with Scooter Braun just incorrectly. It was slight, but boom, Travis could fix that on the fly that minute. And some of those things are not as possible with mobile apps. So that you as we refine... But yeah, as we, as we refine this product, 
and learn quick as fast as we possibly can, we'll take those learnings into a mobile app for sure. Travis's time at Snap and Scopely and all the free-to-play success he's had with those mobile apps. You know, I started my career at Hulu, literally launching the Hulu Plus apps before there were apps. So it has been our entire career and we, we are excited to get to that point, but we're gonna get there when we're feeling really solid that that investment and that the, you know, adding that onto the docket here is gonna pay kind of dividends in terms of like user retention and engagement, which will likely be kind of see it in that way is more for the folks that become daily players, which more of our audiences than not, that that's the product and experience they're gonna want, but we'll build our way to it. I'm guessing the goals for your game at this point, um, you're not monetizing in any way yet, it doesn't seem like from the outside is really growth and just getting these feedback loops, user feedback, just really nailing the experience. Is that really kind of your main focus at the moment? I think you need to start monetizing. We talk about monetization every single day. You do need to start monetizing as soon as possible and you need to measure the success of your project, typically based upon users that are paying you and that feedback, because then that's a whole different level. You know, we're being thoughtful. Again, it becomes heavier to start to do that. So we're just being very methodical in how we build. But one thing I'll note there too, as a lean two-person startup and learning from past experience is like, start making money as soon as you possibly can in whatever way you can. And that might kind of be to give us more time and find some other avenues. We've had interest in white labeling the games, other folks just commissioning us to build games for them, which we can do, we might. We have our library of games, of which we'll likely start to find other destination distribution points to sell and monetize there. We're gonna start putting a rewarded video in the ads. We've had interest of sponsorships to come and take over the month on Little Snack and brand that way. You'll see how easily these games could be branded, literally around the game, of course, but like in the game itself is very easy. Tomorrow's HBO day, so HBO Max, you know, let us know if, if you want us to, you know, do a special partnership. But, you know, and then we'll definitely get to that membership piece. But like the answer is everything. I don't know if this will connect with the audience here, but very similar to how entertainment companies sell movies and TV shows, we believe that the model here is to kind of match that, just swap in puzzles and games and figure out every which way we can make them, get them out into the world and monetize this business so that we can continue to do this for as long as possible and invest as much as we possibly can back into the platform, back into new formats, back into the new games until we can get that flywheel going. But pretty wild answer there, but the answer is like, yes, we're gonna be monetizing soon and we are gonna be doing everything we possibly can to bring in dollars without it slowing down our production cycles. Incredible, thanks for sharing that. Travis and Eric, it's been wonderful having you on. Where can people find you? The site is lilsnack.co. So lil, like Lil John, snack.co. Yeah, we love people to play. And then, yeah, there's a feedback form there too. And that's super valuable, I think, if, if there is any feedback to send that our way. Anyone interested in joining the team, specifically around an engineering role or other game designers that have ideas, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn, just Eric Berman at LinkedIn, you, you should find me there, or Twitter at EB33LA1. DM us, hit us up, happy to engage in time. Any partners, any any folks that are just interested in what we're doing, we love jamming on it. We Every conversation, every introduction usually goes to some fun place. So uh, we're, we're here for all of it. All right, well, that's the pod. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Nate.
Stay tuned.